It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Friday, June 10th, your daily dose of Flyers news analysis and high quality content that is just going to keep spinning around that coaching carousel until we find one. Right, Russ? It's the heat just getting turned up. That's what I feel like's happening. All right, let's get going. You're Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey out there, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked on Flyers. That's where you'll keep up to date on all of our episodes and Flyers news. You can also email the show at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. On today's show, we are going to talk about the latest on the coaching carousel with some news via Frank Saravelli. Uh, we are going to then look at a realistic approach to free agency for the Flyers. What exactly does that mean for this team? We'll wrap up with our gritty thing of the week as we do every Friday. So that's always fun. Locked on Flyers is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening right now. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked on Podcast Network. Man, Russ, sometimes it feels like there's no news and then we get some little tidbits and then we get a dump from Frank Saravelli and what's going on around the league. And there are a couple surprises, I think, on the list of things that he put out yesterday. The first of which David Quinn uh, interviewed with both the Flyers and the Detroit Red Wings. And it's a name we've sort of talked about, but it's Mm -hmm. been on the periphery. Like, what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I'm not surprised at Quinn. I mean, he did just get coaching, get done coaching in the World Championships, and the Flyers do have a lot of hierarchy there involved with USA Hockey. So I'm not shocked they brought him in. He, um, If you're bringing him in, you are bringing him in for a culture change. David Quinn knows how to change the culture. He did a good job with that with the Rangers. Uh, I think there were issues with maybe they, I don't know, they were a little hasty in their firing of him. I get it, like, you know, They were sort of looking for quicker results after a while. They almost did what the Flyers, you know, kind of did with Mm -hmm. Vigneault. But, you know, I don't think that Quinn necessarily did anything wrong. I could always point out flaws in anybody's coaching, but that's after watching, you know, a hundred something games or of a guy. But, um, but overall he did get a lot of things done there and would, would definitely change the culture in a positive way. Yeah, I go back and forth with him because something I do see, I think you're right that maybe they, pulled the trigger on firing him a little quick. Uh, There's always that challenge when a guy is trying to go from college hockey to the NHL. And it was definitely bumpy for him. Like it was very bumpy for Dave Haxtell with with the Flyers. And in some of these cases, the second job they get in the NHL is the right job for them. And Mm -hmm. that's where I see the upside because he does have it a tremendous upside in terms of working with young kids. I thought 
that he did improve the Rangers to, mm-hmm. or he got more out of the Rangers than I thought was possible to some degree. Me too. Uh, and so I think that there are some upsides to him. Is he my first choice? No, but I do see the potential there in, like I said, a guy getting his second chance in the NHL. Right. And, and I think that's what you have to sort of look at. And I mean, I would take him over Dave Haxtell if that means anything to anybody. Right. Else. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously the jury is still out on him out in Seattle, but right. uh, with an expansion team, I think you kind of get a little bit of a get out of jail free card mm-hmm. for the first year, two years or so before you really get judged on this on season. Product, he is going to have to show improvement. He won't yeah. get that much of a get out of jail free card this year. And also, um, feels like the Detroit Red Wings connection in this interview process uh, continues with the list of names. Jeff Blashell was interviewed by the Flyers as well. He had spent seven seasons in Detroit with a overall losing record, but they've been in these kind of low years, rebuilding years. And so you can't really put all of that on him. And maybe he had just run his course there. But again, he's just not that exciting name or that name where I feel like he's the guy that can turn the Flyers around. Right. I I would take Quinn over Blashill. Um, I've had a lot of conversations with Kevin Allen about Blashill since he's in that market. I've spoken to Blashill, who's really an intelligent guy. Uh, Don't get me wrong on that. But the the issue with Blashill is, and especially like, this is what you have to really look at. Eisenman brought in Blashill because he kind of knew things were going to be bad for a couple of years and he is a very steady as she goes kind of guy sort of like a mike yo but the problem is this year um you know while they did show some improvement eiserman then had to look at it and say do i want to extend him another three years where now i think in two years i'm going to be good and possibly a playoff team and his his answer was no so my answer would be no yeah i think that's the big clue for me right there is that Eiserman did exactly what you just said. We're turning things around. We're about to get good. Is this guy the guy to lead us into the promised land again? And if he thought no, then I think no. Because yeah. I feel like Steve Eiserman knows what he's talking right. about with this stuff. Now, maybe the Flyers are trying to learn something from Detroit, but I'm not sure there's anything for them to learn because Eiserman doesn't really say much. And you're just going to get Blashill's point of view. And it was mostly a losing point of view. And, you know, with that many years there without being able to get more out of that team, I I just don't think that's the right direction to go in. One direction that I would absolutely be interested in is our continuing conversation about Bruce Cassidy, who was, again, just fired by the Boston Bruins. He had a media availability yesterday that was very spicy and Uh, There was some information that came out about that, that he had been given some assurances that he would be back with the Bruins this year. And then he gets fired at home on Monday. He gets a (laughs) knock on the door from Don Sweeney. You think it's the UPS guy and it's Don Sweeney. I mean, how horrible is that? (laughs) It's bad. But I mean, I guess it's better than a text. If you want to, you know, I use degrees know. of bad. This has Jeremy Jacobs written all over him. It does. It almost sounds like Jeremy Jacobs and Cam Neely had like a private meeting and then invited Sweeney in and said, guess what? We thought we were going to keep him. We're not. And you're going to have to go fire him. 
Exactly. Uh, I think there was a, a couple other tidbits as well. He was asked if he wanted to coach in the NHL next season, and he said he did. So that's a good sign. So, all right, check. We can keep him on our list, right? Yeah, he, and- was, he was in town here late in the season last year when a lot of things were going astray with Boston. And I felt like he still put on a really good face and was not frustrated and was doing his best with what he had. And I was impressed with that. I was. And they were still trying to, you know, make the playoffs, which they did. And he kept that together. He's going to be very lucky. They're going to be, it's going to be hard to find the next guy to sort of keep it together there when the older guys start unraveling. 100% agree. Uh, Boston, again, continues to uh, completely fall apart right before our eyes. Not sure what they're going to do. But one thing that Bruce Cassidy said in that availability that I really honed in on was that he said, I don't think you have much of a team if players aren't held accountable. And I love that. That is what I want to hear from the next Flyers coach. Yeah. Yeah, he is about that. And he doesn't let anybody slide. And that's a good thing. Like, you know, the Bruins have let guys slide for certain things. You know, they they've they've had to they guys have been giving discounts for years, which I think are going to stop now. And maybe as a result, they've sort of let them get away with some stuff. And now all that's going to start changing. And it just seems like the Bruins are going through this massive change that they didn't count on. I personally am that level of petty that I would appreciate a guy like Bruce Cassidy coming to the Flyers from Boston with a giant chip on his shoulder and saying, I'm going to steamroll over the Eastern Conference to get my revenge. And that would make me incredibly happy. But here's okay. So here's the more important thing. The more important thing isn't like, hey, we'd hire this guy or not hire that guy or we'd bring in this guy or we wouldn't that guy. If you believe after this interview that Cassidy's the guy, then just hire him on the spot. Don't wait for Barry Trotz. Don't worry about torts. Don't worry about any of it. That's what I kind of wish this group would do is not wait for Trotz unless he really is their number one, like truly their number one, not just, hey, we want the big name, so we'll kind of wait and hope we get lucky. This is my issue with the whole search here is because I know when I've interviewed, when I find the right person, it's over. Like, I'm done with it. I'm hiring you. It doesn't matter who else is out there, who else I've left on the table. So if Cassidy comes in and he, he checks every single box, then it doesn't matter to me who else is out there. I mean, that's certainly a good approach. It seems like they might do a second round of interviewing uh, based on what Frank Saravelli said. Yeah, like why? Um, why? That, you know, they haven't started that second round yet, but that John Tortorella was going to be a part of it. Right. At this point, I get in a normal season why you might have a second round. Things are going to move fast here, folks. And the minute Trotz makes a decision of any kind, whether I'm coming back or not, there's going to be some quick hirings. Bing, 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 without second rounds. And if the Flyers are going through their second rounds, guys are going to come off the board that maybe they wanted. And I think that's what you have to worry about. Well, one guy is probably off the board is Pete DeBoer, who Elliot Friedman said is likely going to Dallas. I got no problem with that. I like Pete DeBoer, but he's, again, part of like the the middle tier of coaches. And so if, if Dallas wants to hire him, I can live with that. I mean, look, he's been to a cup. He, he had a lot of years of success, but 
he might just want to stay in that part of the country too. That may be yeah. a part of it. Maybe he doesn't want to be on the East Coast. So that's fine. Totally fair enough. I, I mean, uh, look, are- I'd rather I'd rather someone like DeBoer make a decision than the Flyers just leaving all these names out there without eliminating any of them and without like really honing in on one or two. Yeah, I, I would like them to just find somebody that that clicks right away, like you said, and just say you're hired. Right. But uh, they seem to be going through a different kind it's of process. It's not going to happen. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, we're going to switch gears and talk about free agency coming up next. But first, we're going to hear about Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds and sports developments including this year's basketball championship matchup, the NHL conference finals, major league baseball, and of course the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. Bet online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to esports and more head to the website today, or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. So we have an important favor to ask of you out there. We've put together a survey from Locked On so we can learn more about all of our listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcasts even better. This is your chance to tell us what you like and what you don't like about Locked On shows. Go to LockedOnPodcasts.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 hundred dollar Ticketmaster gift cards to take our audience survey once again that's lockedonpodcast.com slash survey and thanks for all your help so Russ free agency talk is starting to heat up as most of the teams are now eliminated and are looking to who they have to re-sign going into next season And the conversation really starts to get underway about if teams are going to re-sign their free agents, if they're going to test the open market, all of this. And, you know, some of the big names are now able to be talked about more openly, like Johnny Goudreau. We're going to get into that in a minute. But I think that with the Flyers, and we've been laying the groundwork for this in our conversations on this show, I think pretty well, is trying to find a realistic approach to the Flyers Mm -hmm. for their free agents process. Because there's two factors here in my estimation that you have to consider when looking at what the Flyers will do versus what you want them to do, right? So number one is obviously the cap space. They are very, very crunched. And in order to find any room to sign any significant free agents, you know, right now we're maxed out at about 5 million for remaining signings. So they're going to have to make some trades in, in order to do that. And probably some very significant trades to get mm-hmm. anybody of, of note. And then the other thing for me anyway, is understanding what Chuck Fletcher's mindset is going into it. And really trying to separate in our heads what we would do versus what we think the Flyers will do and try to balance that out in our expectations. All right. So to be honest, I don't think Chuck has a complete game plan because he really can't because he doesn't know how all these teams are going to react to to what they need to do. Again, the thing you don't want to hear is in a month like Chuck says, 
it's hard going out there. Like I'm trying, I'm trying to make a hockey trade. I'm trying to do the, and that could happen because there's a lot of teams close to the cap. And then that's when you, I think you should just buy out JVR and not worrying about trading him to get the full cap space back and just buy him out. So you don't lose any more assets. I think there's a point where you just have to stop trying that again. Doesn't mean a team won't pick him up in 10 seconds, but this is what happens in the NFL. And in the NFL, if a team's not really overboard about a player, they'll just wait him out until they hit the market. So, you know what, Flyers? Let them hit the market. I also think you have a really good point out there with a lot of teams having cap space issues. I think that this free agency period, I think much like last year's, is going to be busy but not bonkers. And that there's going to be a lot of teams that just won't be able to go after the kind of guys that they want to because of limited cap space. And the Flyers are, unfortunately, right now, part of that group of teams. And so I think you're right about the buyout on JVR. And we've been saying that on this show for a while now, that it's not worth giving up assets or draft picks in order to get that full $7 million of, of space And I do think with a bunch of teams in a cap crunch, the contract negotiations with different teams and different players are going to be a little different. Yeah, I just think everybody's always acting like, oh, well, we could just call up Seattle or Arizona and get this done. But Arizona is going to be like, hey, we like what we did the last time with Gossespear. What two picks are you giving us this time? Like, you know, that's that's what they like. Yeah. Otherwise, they're going to somebody else. They only have a certain amount that they could do, too. So, you know. It's not a guarantee the Flyers can do anything with that. And if you can't do anything with JVR, forget about getting Goudreau. You can't really get anybody except like a $3 million free agent when it's all said and done. So, you know, that's where you have to sort of be realistic. That has to happen first before you hope to get any of these other free agents we talk about. Or you make a hockey trade where somehow you're trading a guy with salary for another guy with not much salary and you feel like you got something back in return. But How's that going to happen? Exactly. Uh, Dom Lashushkin wrote a really interesting article in The Athletic, or, or he put out his top 50 free agents and had projected contracts for them. And I think that really helped me at least hone in what is realistic mm-hmm. to some degree. Because if you look at the top, top free agents, and some of which we've talked about in, in conversation with what the Flyers may or may not pursue. Johnny Goudreau projected $11 million for seven years. Nazem Kadri projected $8.5 million for seven years. Philip Forsberg projected $9.5 million for seven years. All of that is unrealistic for yeah, the Flyers. They're, they're not going to be shopping there unless they move <clears throat> major space. And again, how long are those guys going to wait around for the Flyers to do that to actually go and play for them? That's the other thing, because it's not going to happen quickly. No, and I think the term here is going to be a huge problem for the Flyers as well, that they really can't afford enough other guys with this long term. They already have a couple of guys at this long term, and they can't add to that pile that much. Now, if they could somehow get somebody to go for a shorter term and pay them a little bit more that would be amazing but i just don't again realistically seeing that happen yeah i mean the only way this starts this ball starts rolling is like you said if you have ltir space with ellis but then you're really not helping yourself in the long run 
or you can't come to terms with Sanheim on his next contract and you have to get rid of him. Yeah, it's it is just a tough situation. And I, I think that's what I just want to keep emphasizing is that they really are in a bind and to have extremely high expectations is just not a place to live in right now for the for the Flyers. Even if you were one of the even if you were Steve Eiserman, I think you would have some trouble uh, oh, yeah. with, the, with the Flyers this season. It, it's like no knock on Chuck Fletcher from that perspective. Now, he's the one that's sort of gotten them into this boat. But now that we're here, like, I just think, you know, we have to make sure that we're looking at what he's doing from that perspective of being crunch and doing the best he can. But I do think that kind of puts the flyers in a position where they're looking at sort of one B tier free agents or second tier free agents to fill out what you already have or making a trade to rather than signing a free agent to fill those high end needs. I think that's kind of where we are. Yeah. I mean, again, if we're going to go, and trade, I don't know, Travis Konechny to Chicago for Alex DeBrinkett, and then the Flyers are going to have to give up that 2024 first-rounder. And, like, is that something, do you think you could sign DeBrinkett? Uh, if you can't, you gave them someone with a little more term, I think another extra year, who's cheaper, so they, you know, they would be happy. But, again, do you think that that's going to work out? Like, I would stay away from it. And I, th- and I honestly think to bring it, we'll resign with Chicago, but I'm just saying you have to look at those things and say, is this going to work out? Because even though the word is, Hey, we're going to be good next year and th- we're going to do all this. You still have to prepare for the fact that you, you aren't. And if you don't do that, your rebuild will be longer than when you finally admit that you're starting it. And that's the the big problem here is, if you want to do what you want to do this year, that's fine, but don't make it really hard for the next two or three years by adding a lot of term so that it kills your rebuild too. Like that's what you have to be careful about. You don't have to talk about the rebuild, but you have to acknowledge, hey, if this season doesn't work out, we've got to change things around here. I I really think that is the smart way to think about things. Well, we are going to talk about some specific names that maybe we could consider in that 1B or, or second tier free agent list coming up next. Okay, so it seems like one team sticks out with having a lot of free agents and they're not going to be able to re-sign all of them. And that's the Colorado Avalanche. And so while Nazem Kadri is the bright shiny object at the top of the list, supposedly they've all already got a couple other guys in Andre Burakovsky and Valerie Nishushkin. And they're slightly cheaper, but also very productive. Yeah. Both guys are really good. Uh, it really will depend on who the coach is because uh, Nishushkin now is pretty good two-way. Burakovsky, not so good two-way. So Yeah. Nishushkin, you know, w- to me, is the more attractive one of the two. Well, it depends. I, I, Burakovsky still has the higher offensive potential, but Nishushkin has been picking it up every year a little bit more each year. Uh, I don't think he still has that same potential that we all thought he had this draft year, but it's it certainly has grown from like four years ago. Uh, again, I do think it matters who the coach is, but I do think these are two guys that, you know, you realistically could look at because chances are um, 
you know, Kadri's going and, and they already have um, a replacement for him. So really they may not be able to sign both these guys. They may just be able to sign one of them. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that's where you can take advantage of a team like that with so many free agents is that you can match or exceed offers that they're able to give, again, assuming you make the space, right? Right. The other names uh, that we've talked about very briefly on the show is a couple of guys from the Penguins with Evgeny Malkin and Latang. I mean, do you think they get deals done in Pittsburgh and are they actual options here? Well, I think Malkin's getting a deal done. Um, Latang, I think it's 50-50, but I still don't think the Flyers could be in on Latang anyhow. He's still super productive and he's still going to yeah. make $6 million at least. Yeah, and this is where I'm kind of like, well, like, are these guys like really going to stay where they are, or are they going to like? Do the Flyers even have a shot with with guys like? And this? I think Latang will do what Flurry did and say, I- I'm not going to play for Philly just out of respect for these guys. <laughs> right. Like, he's just not going to do it. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Is there anyone else that's kind of like under the top tier players that you think the Flyers should go after? Well, I mean, Riley Smith is a good one. Uh, I know the Rangers will be after him because of obviously because of the coach Gallant, but Riley Smith can penalty kill. He can skate. He is capable of scoring, you know, 20 goals. He is a really good all around guy. If I have Tortorella as my coach, Riley Smith could be one of the stars of the team. And if I lose Konechny and I gain Riley Smith, I'm okay because it's going to fit better in, in the system. I don't think cops going to be available because I think the Rangers will resign him. Ryan Strong will be available, but he's not going to be cheap. He's been putting up points, as a second-line center, so I don't think he's really in, in the Flyers' range here. Vitrano, I do think his number is going to go up. Rodriguez's, I think I think that penalty against the Rangers kind of shows where, you know, he, he does have a ceiling, and he hit it, and he hit it hard, and it hurt the Penguins in the playoffs. He was kind of... Yeah, those are depth guys, though. These aren't like a Well, Rodriguez could play third line for you. I mean, he was playing second line for for Pitt and Vitrano was playing top line for the Rangers at times with the Flyers yes. could certainly play second line with the offense, you know, with the speed and, and the way he plays offense. So I don't think they're such depth guys. Uh, and Smith Smith would be a second line guy in Philly. Uh, yes. You know, Stassi, if you want to bring him in for one year, that's fine. But I, you know, he's got a house in Winnipeg. I think he just goes back there cheap. I, I just have a feeling that's what's going to happen. Well, and that's why I, I wanted to talk about guys like, Frank Vitrano and Evan Rodriguez, because those are the kind of tier of player that I feel like the Flyers are going to have to approach in order to improve the team because they won't be able to afford the higher end guys. But these are also guys that contribute can contribute. Yeah, I mean, this is what um, Tampa has been doing as an example, mm-hmm. and um, they're doing it only because like there's spending money on their big stars because they're so good. The Flyers are doing it because of their cap. Uh, you know, another guy who I would look at if if Lou is willing to, you know, make a deal is Justin Bailey. I mean, again, oh, Josh, yeah. Josh Bailey. Sorry, Josh, Josh Bailey, Bailey. Yeah. He would fit in well because, again, good on faceoffs, good two-way game. Maybe if he changes scenery, he gets a few more goals. You're not looking for high offensive output, but you're looking for that other part of his game because, again, I you know, like people online are talking about let's trade Oscar Lindblom because of the cap hit. And I'm like, very few players on the Flyers play like him. And and I think in the end, it's harder to get players that play like that than players who could, you know, be offensive. Yeah, I, I think so too. 
All right. Well, those are a lot of names and some important approaches to take as we are looking at free agency for the Flyers and just things to think about in terms of what is realistic for this team and and what they could potentially do to to improve the Flyers this offseason. We are going to wrap up with our gritty thing of the week. Just a couple of things with the same meme. There's like a generator out there where you can plug in a picture and then it turns it into like a grid of art pieces oh, yeah. based on it. So uh, there were a couple of them with Gritty that showed up that I thought were really great. One of them uh, was putting Gritty into the JFK assassination, <laughs> which is just horrifying, but also incredible at the same time. Like, I don't even know what to say. Uh, I'm not even going to comment. <laughs> the other one is also, I thought, was really good, actually, is um, making Gritty in the style of Picasso. And I think it's actually, like, pretty spot on. Oh, I'm not hanging that in my living room. You've you got to be out of your mind. But in terms of matching up what a picture of Gritty would look like in as Picasso, I think it's pretty good what this generator did i mean i have a i have a kramer in my living room right and if you remember what they said on seinfeld at the time it's grotesque seinfeld oh, okay well here's what they said it, it's grotesque but i can't take my eyes off it so maybe that's the factor for gritty here too well as somebody that has studied art history and picasso i appreciate it so well, you I, could buy uh, it then <laughs> i will do that all right, that will do it for today's show and for the week. We will be back again on Monday with the latest Flyers news. We are going to be doing some really fun crossovers with the Locked On Canadians crew. Always fun to talk to them. Very excited about that. And on Monday, of course, we'll have our nemesis of the week. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So send us in your mailbag questions or maybe what you want us to talk about with the Habs show host. Mm -hmm. Uh, you can tweet us at Lockdown Flyers or you can email us at lockdownflyers at gmail.com. I am Rachel. I'm on Twitter at R Miriam. That's R M I R I A M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S P O R T S O L O G Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your next listen Locked on NHL. Locked on NHL covers the playoffs like no other. You can hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great weekend.